right, Sid. A new show has arrived. Finally. Something new we can talk about. And a new Marvel one at that. It's been like what a year mean? since... <laughs> yeah. What, what, do, what, what do I mean finally? That's a good question. What have we been doing the past couple weeks? That's a good Literally question. Literally the boys went I right mean, into the Mandalorian and now we're going right into WandaVision. Yeah, no, I, I meant to say it's been it's been literally like a year since the last anything Marvel Studios produced has come out. And it's felt like, it's felt weird in the pop culture sense that there's there's not a Marvel thing to talk about until now. So I'm kind of excited about this show. Here's a hot take. Let's hear it. I think after like the Thanos arc, because you can kind of view the MCU as like a television series in like an an <laughs> I know we just got done talking about anime in the last episode but like in terms of the Thanos arc mm-hmm. in terms of like anime lingo um I think the MCU is going to see like a downgrade in quality since like since Thanos is no longer in it you mean since Thanos is no longer in it but then also um like Thor's going to be on the way out Iron Man's going to be on the way out well, Thor's Captain got his. America's. Thor's still got a movie coming out. Yeah, but um, we are. I already know what's going to happen in that movie. Okay, this guy's got some gonna, insider information, Mr. Kevin. We're going to get a new. We're going to get a new Thor, just so you know. Oh, they've already been talking about that. I've heard. Yeah, yeah that might that might a disappoint reason. a couple of fans uh, when they hear um, it's going to be She Thor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going after the the very controversial like comics yeah. line. Where it's like Thor the person isn't actually Thor the person. Apparently, it's just a title, mm-hmm. but like his name's Thor. Well, it's know. like the, it's the yeah. I I never paid attention to the that comics run where it's it's um, basically Jane becomes Thor, but it's I mean it still makes sense because within the rules of Thor, you know, whoever picks up the hammer has the power of Thor, so they become Thor in a way, but. I want, yeah. here's the thing I'm not gonna I'm not gonna attach too much expectations when it comes to anything Taika Waititi makes because that guy is like a fucking he's unpredictable in his films like he's gonna do something completely different I think there's no yeah. point for us to base it off what the comics have shown us because you know his his brand of is like comedy and visual comedy and stuff like that so I'm I'm more excited into the sense of like what like I know I guess we have an understanding of the tone but of like what characters are we gonna see what new characters and settings are we going to go to um we just finished talking about vikings so i'm I'm more into norse mythology now hooray so i hope maybe you know more and more um, influence i was actually just about to never had that (laughs) yeah i was just about to mention like if you start reading into more norse mythology um you'll realize that thor is no hero he's sort of a genocidal maniac but Mm. yeah Um, but in marvel you can read more into that that's interesting yeah marvel is a superhero yeah, but I guess like, you know with your with your concern there, I feel like even they might be aware of that. Like Kevin Feige himself is like, hey, we need to do something kind of, kind of reshape the wheel a little bit because we can't do the same thing we just did for the last ten years. Otherwise, it won't work. So I feel like this new thing that they're doing with Disney Plus and the you know ensemble of shows that they've announced, like they've announced like like eight shows. I feel like at once there's there's so many new shows. And they each have like the budget of a full scale feature length movie behind it, the same production value. Um, you know, at least you know we'll wait and see. But at least with Wandavision, it feels like that. Um, so I feel like I don't know this this like yo we've been talking about this in many episodes that something is going on with streaming now and that form of storytelling where it's it's become more 
for audiences and for creators, perhaps like just a more digestible and expressive way to tell stories. You have more time, you have, you know, more attention span of an audience, perhaps. I don't know, but maybe they're aware of that and they're tapping into the potential of what streaming shows can do for their cinematic universe. Um, I'm really interested to see how this, these kind of shows progress the MCU into new territories because it's on a technical, like on a, on a, like just a technological scale, that's what they're doing. So I, I have to imagine they're also thinking about the story that these Disney plus shows would, they'll be different structurally. And we'll talk about WandaVision. It's, it's completely unlike anything we've seen in the movies. Um, so you, yeah, you know what I mean? What the, can you, can you clue me into what the fuck is going on in that show? If I knew I would, <laughs> but I, I have, I have a little bit of, I think I have a little bit of a theory going on if I can share. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk about spoilers. So first episode, uh, episode one and two of WandaVision came out on Disney plus uh, we'll talk about that. Um, yeah. So the events of the show take place, we assume right after Endgame. Um, but what we don't understand or what we don't really realize is what the fuck is going on. Why is Vision back? Why are they in black and white television world? Um, why are they all talking like 1950s sitcom characters? You know, there's a heavy influence of sitcom television in particular, like not just the era of 1950s, but television shows of that era. So in my mind, and, and you know, the, the there's plenty of hints that... Um, in the first episode especially there's a there's an outside world there is there's some there's something going on where wanda and vision are in, but there is a watcher or uh somebody who is kind of observing them from a, a, another dimension perhaps another space but anyways we get we get us uh, my sense is that you know wanda has like after endgame after she's lost vision who uh, apparently they loved each other she got just like into a distressive state and perhaps created an alternate reality in which she is she lives with vision and peace and for some reason that's influenced by american sitcoms from the 1950s and 60s and and so on but right. like that's that's about the a, gist I, of it I, that's what i understand I as to why that is yeah because like if you go back to like what wanda and vision's relationship were it's like they sort of felt like two freaks out of like that didn't really belong mm -hmm. like these two unnatural things and like since they got along and they kind of fell in love all they really wanted was like a normal a life. normal life yeah i guess right yeah um and like if you if you can think of the most stylized like situation of that you get to like the 1950s and 60s version of like america's nuclear family right right um which is like the most idealized version of a normal life, you know, in the suburbs, you know, husband's got a nice office job and the wife's a housewife. Stay at home wife. Yeah. 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 So it's like, that makes that sense aspect, to me. Yeah. She's idealized. Yeah, it all like, makes sense to me. I, I, I can even fit into that. Like perhaps like, right. So what we know about Wanda is she's, she's not American in the show. She has an American accent for some reason, but she's from Sokovia, a European country in the Marvel cinematic universe. Um, I, I almost have an inkling to think like she grew up watching these kind of sitcoms and, and like she had this idealized version of family, which was like based on 1950s, 1960s things. And it's not far to reach like in modern times, you know, all they would have had to watch were these 1950s and 60s shows. Like I remember my mom and dad telling me like in India, like TV didn't come in till the nineties and they had very specific type of shows that played 
uh, like American kind of shows. It wasn't the new stuff coming out over there. It was like stuff coming out from 20, 30 years ago. So for them, what was new was really old. Um, so I almost feel like that's kind of a similar thing. Like Wanda has this perception of, of a family life that she wants based off sitcom television. And so she's like recreating that in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah, but I just want to know how they're recreating. It seems like as, as though vision isn't actually real in this, mm. um, I, some... I've been having a hard time to figure out who who's behind what because I want to think Wanda's the one in control, but it almost feels like she's at times oblivious to what's going on around her, or like she's so I don't think she's ingrained in into all. the right, like she's not in complete control, right? Yeah, um, it it feels like she's stuck in the matrix, and ever so often, mm. it's like there's like a glitch in whatever this matrix is, mm. and like. It, it sort of like snaps her out of it, but like th- things slowly draw her back in. Like, um, so obviously, like within the first episode, you have the dinner scene, which, like, that's what hooked me. Cause, like, I was, I was like, okay, like the sitcom thing's like fine, but like, let's not go too far with this. I actually right? found it really funny. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, I, I, I found it funny as yeah. well, but like, they never come on. They never hit board, like, it's cheesy in the sense of 1950s comedy but if you know that like you know what you're getting into i found it actually like it worked and and the fact that each episode is going to do a different era like i don't think that'll go stale um and especially with that dinner scene that you mentioned like i was paying really close attention to to like you know set camera stuff like that and i heard they actually filmed the episode with in front of a live studio audience like they really like kind of true to form like how shows were filmed back then and you get a sense of that with camera placement it's really it feels 2d like everything's like a uh, just a set it feels like a 2d set and then that dinner sequence like something changes in atmosphere in 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 uh, angle you know what i mean like there's a moment there's something there's an event that happens and everything kind of switches back into like almost like a modern day feel not um, even a modern day if it felt but like a like thriller a, like more specifically yes, like a thriller yeah. yes i was like frightened i mm-hmm. went from like having a goofy stupid Good, smile too. on my face because yeah. like i was like okay like uh, 50 sitcoms 60 sitcoms yeah like like hitting the tropes completely like it was more plot ba- like everything leading up to that point is plot heavy sitcom tropes like when you're watching the show you might be confused like what is this in pertaining to like the cinematic universe of marvel because it's all like every situation is like it's so it's so random like it's it's uh so specific to this story or like this world of 1950s sitcom where vision is trying to impress his boss and they had a misunderstanding about what the dinner plans were like it's really 1950s and yeah here's and then, the conundrum yeah. for this episode mm-hmm. and here's how they weasel their way out of it in a funny way exactly and yeah but it, then it plays that expectations trope, but, get subverted <laughs> oh wow yeah thanks um you beat me to it yeah i had to yeah but, but yeah, expectations were subverted. And, like, and, and the they way really it goes subver- from yeah. zero to one hundred. Oh yeah. And the fact that they don't let off the gas pedal in the second episode, where yeah. it's like they don't do the same thing. Like yeah, there's like the sitcom setup again, but like that mystery, more, that mystery element continues. More, yeah, there's more cookie crumbs later on. Yeah, where you can and sort of. It's know, hard to peg this show into like what genre this is because it's really a melting pot. You know, there's um. There's so much mystery and thriller going, like elements going on, like especially in that dinner scene. Like, 
the, the just like a score that comes on after or, or, or in the middle of that um the lighting like changes even more darker from black and white to like even darker black and white it feels like the camera just gets more personal into everybody's face and it feels like all the characters around Wanda turn into like robotic almost like they're they've they've glitched in the matrix even vision like vision yeah. is like waiting for Wanda to say something to him in order to act you know so it, like it, that laid the whole foundation of what this show is um and yeah like the same for you like that made me way more intrigued about what the hell's going on it i know we like talked about the lighthouse in the last episode but like it gave me like lighthouse vibes in terms no, of for like sure altering for sure. perceptions of what reality is for sure um, big time it gives you like this setup of like here's the reality that you should expect and i knew full well that they weren't gonna like actually do the sitcom thing i knew yeah. something had to had to be up there's something going on um, yeah and even with that expectation in mind, me going into the show, I was like, okay, how are they going to pull this off? Mm-hmm. And, like, they still surprised me. So good on them, whoever wrote this episode, because, like, it goes from zero to 100 immediately. Yeah. And it's – I'm kind of glad they released two episodes at once because it – like, I really wanted to, like, just click the next episode because I want to see what is – where is this mystery going? There's such a – there's such an intrigue to Wanda now that I've never had in the MCU before with her, with her character, yeah, you know? Yeah, it just made sure. her character feel like, obviously the show focuses on her and it would be like fucking really bad if I didn't care about her as a character. But after the first episode, they made me really intrigued about the path she's on, like what happened after Endgame, where's her mind at now? Like, if you think about it, like this, uh, I've heard like this, this show is kind of loosely based on the house of m comics and the vision comics where like wanda literally loses her mind and in the comics like almost wipes out the mutant race and she does very drastic reality shifting things um and hearing about that and the influence that that comics might have on this show it makes me it makes me so curious as to like how far are they going to go with this you know like how, how what kind of risks are they taking and i think the show itself is a huge risk taking kind of thing it's like I told you this uh, on text, like it's I think the most original thing Marvel has produced up so far, uh, in terms of like just way out there kind of storytelling, and if they're if they're like that kind of confident in themselves, I think they're really like early on. If this is the first thing of Phase Four that they're seeing, I think they're playing the the kind of universe shifting card a little early, like not early, like very quick, I guess. Um, that I think this show was gonna have a lot of complications going further from what I've heard, from what I've understood, but even like on a character level, like Wanda's trajectory is going to be something different. Like right now, the tone of the show is very happy going sitcom thing. And I don't think it'll end like that. I think the ending will be very dark, very kind of cliffhanger into like, what the hell is the, the universe going to become, you know, after this, just because Wanda's like in the show, we get a sense in, in the sep- second episode, we we see her her use her powers more, right? Um, and we visibly see her shifting reality, whether she's consciously doing it or it's unconscious. Like that, I haven't figured out yet. You know, yeah, how I much is she conscious or aware of like, what her power set was in the MCU movies? Like, I I, I figured it was just like telekinesis, which is you know, kind right. of like okay, but like. Yeah, here they're really, like, sort of fleshing out more of her comics-based powers. Um, 
in terms of mm-hmm. messing with people's minds and shit. And I was actually going to ask you, like, if you heard whether or not this was based off a comic. And I'm glad it sort of is because it's good to stick to source material when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. Because I know, like, here's the thing about um, Marvel. They have they have their brand established so they can take risks like this, like they did in the comics. Like For sure. Yeah. Obviously, like, you can take risks in comics because, you know, if not, then they can just sort of cancel the issue. They rewrite and, it, yeah. Move on and, and whatnot. But um, here, there's there's definitely higher risk because you're slotting into something that's super established, but people trust the Marvel brand so much at this point. They trust the brand and the filmmakers. Yeah, Yeah. they just eat it up at this. Anything. They're willing to um, go along for the ride. I don't think this show was possible even like two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, completely like a show fair. Like, like this? this is the show only exists post Infinity War and Endgame when Marvel really became a uh, like a pop culture zeitgeist moment. You know that that happened. That was there, but after Infinity War and Endgame came out, like it became even bigger. And and now they yeah, like you said, they'll release anything. People will watch it. They it's, it's like it's more about now the characters and the overall direction the story is heading in more than I just want to watch a superhero movie. Like they've got us invested on a lot of levels. Um, and like real quick, I just want to think about like that. Okay, in the first episode, right? Like, there's that ending shot, and there's a lot of symbolism. There's a lot of Easter eggs going on there. So it it makes it's 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 layering in a lot of if you're a keen viewer, or even if you're not a keen viewer, there's just so many Easter egg kind of moments that point to a way bigger picture. Um, one of those being is that so in the last shot, basically sitcom ends you get the classic sitcom credit roll and then my favorite part of the absolute show was the aspect ratio just explodes gets into widescreen off the four by three goes into widescreen camera zooms out and now you're in this colorized like the what i call the objective reality right of of a of a man who's watching what we just watched in the same manner we just watched it go down so like think about it like this like the reality or like the show we just watched with the cuts the edit all of that was what he just watched as as in the objective reality so there's i'm so confused watching that show and thinking about it but yeah i don't know it like i'm wondering like is this the villain of the show who's watching it yeah so did you there's like there's a symbol in that that shot i think that symbol points to sword the kind of shield alternative group um i don't know if you're aware of that from like the the shows or the comics or anything like that but it's basically even in captain marvel we at the end of captain marvel you see nick fury is now in space with a bunch of the kree um civilization people and he establishes sword which is like the extra like extraterrestrial kind of outworldly state of affairs government department type of a situation and even from the trailers there's like there's police stuff going on and there's other characters that are involved with the government so i i want to think like maybe is she held captive by the government right now is she being searched for by the government like there's some element of that going on but we don't we just don't know what we don't know if that's the bad guy is that a good guy looking for her is that nick fury perhaps um i have no idea when, in the second episode, there's like a voice clip that plays from the objective reality. 
Right. Yeah. Um, right. I believe coming the through the radio. Who's, yeah. Who's doing this to you, Wanda? And then it, it plays mm-hmm. again at the end of the second episode. So I feel like something more nefarious is going on. Uh, there might be someone out there trying to help Wanda, but right now she's under some sort of influence of someone else. And I'm wondering if that beekeeper at the end of the second episode is like his stand in for, for like, his yeah, that was completely reality. like, what was that? Yeah. Right. Like that's like a, like a, right. I don't that that's such an odd thing. Like, why was there a beekeeper coming out of the sewer? Like, why a beekeeper? Like, I how does this make sense? I have no idea. Like, there's just so many confusing elements there, but it feels like it all fits together in the mystery, weirdly enough. Like I, I still I don't know is this is this Wanda in control? Because even in that moment after the beekeeper, she goes, No. And then it like scratch, rewind, the film rewinds back into a couple moments earlier. So there's an element of like agency that Wanda has, like how much of a control is she? And we have no idea, you know, Hmm, that's a good point. Now that you like bring that up, it it seems as though this idealistic version of reality, Wanda's actually happy in like, yeah, right. And it, and it feels Hmm. like this might be actually her doing. And maybe the premise of the show sort of centers around her, um, coming to grips with realities trying to figure out how to move on from the life she Mm. could have had um because right now it seems like maybe if she's the one doing this she's putting herself in this life that she wished she had um yeah this idealistic vision isn't exactly yeah Yeah. this isn't exactly like healthy for her to be doing this to herself um for sure that's that's what maybe i feel like the show is sort of pointing us towards so this is almost this is like a really bad form of therapy for her like it's like for a, herself yeah it's I like guess. it's a destructive therapy almost from herself for from her point of view where she's she's happy in it but maybe she's in control like maybe here's what i'm thinking now maybe she's subservient to whoever put her in this situation she's like willingly come into this like loss of after the loss of vision she just doesn't want to deal with the real world or something along those lines you know and she's like i'd rather do this so i I, here's the thing every character we've seen is uh reincorporated in the next episode right so yeah it's a fixed world like we have a fixed ensemble cast it's a fixed world the only thing changing is the eras and and then the predicaments and the story you know for the most part it's really typical kind of following the tropes of that era of the sitcom the 1960s one did that too and there, you know it's it's uh, it, from that point of view i like I, I just found it funny like i found on the surface level those were enjoyable moments to like kind of be with the characters in uh the the wanda and vision doing the magic bit and vision has the gum jammed up and even how they incorporate like those animations you know like the drawing animation uh i love that too um and how they incorporate the in-universe ads the Stark Industry Toaster, the Hydra watch, the Strucker watch. Like, there's there's all these in-universe references that just, like... Like, what is that about, even? Like, is she manifesting ads, like, commercials for random shit? Like, what is that, you know? Yeah, it's tough. I think you might be looking a little too much into that. That might no, just be No, but that Marvel has to just... mean something. No, I don't think that's the case. I don't think that's Marvel Studios poking fun at, at, 
at stuff like at the commercial thing i think because think about it in that first episode and i'm thinking i'm this might be me looking deep into it but i mean we saw it right so when the when we get into objective reality that guy is watching credits roll so he's watched what we literally just watched that's the sense like that's the assumption is that he didn't just like he wasn't just surveillancing wanda and vision from like one fixed camera point of view like he watched from every cut every like the laugh track the camera movements the ad you know specifically even that that's what i'm talking about he watched all that so i think like that means something too even those ads like i guess like on a surface level that might just be an easter egg thing but i think that has to mean something that that has to be i don't know how deep it goes but some form of illusion that that's at play but i it just makes me all the more confused to think about it like how the hell does that have something to do with the story i don't know you know i i thought it was cool just to see it like it sold the effect of the tv show thing but the more i think about it the more that shift into objective reality happens i don't think this guy's just surveillancing her i think that tv show dynamic is entirely real in 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 context to the real world it's not just for our as an audience point of view i think it's literally wanda has is living a tv show life and those credits are a manifestation of her brain something like that does that make sense or am, sort I, of. am I sounding crazy now no you're not sounding crazy um i just don't want you to set yourself up for disappointment i don't think everything is gonna have a payoff mm. um yeah like it feels like every little nuance yeah i don't think every little nuance is gonna have a payoff i do think marvel is sort of stylizing having a bit of fun having that could be yeah that could Um, be it too it's tough though because again we don't know with a show like this because there's never been a show like this yes Um, i I, like i said to you too this is the most original maybe tv show in general because it's it's meta in the sense that it's like satiring the previous eras of tv shows and i don't know how far they get into that in the series like what era do they do they stop at like in the trailers it seemed like they were even going to get up to like the modern family kind of style of of mockumentary sitcom and like how does that work into it you know like it's just i don't know i don't know like this is it's so weird but it's so cool we're in this weird sort of world where like I'd like to call it like the acceleration of media um, mm. to where things can get so popular so fast and have, you know, such a spread over pop culture that um, things that would take like decades to start becoming like meta and satirical about are now happening yeah. within like five years. To yeah. Where, oh, um, good. Very good point. Like Marvel is now making f- sort of like not fun of itself but like you know what i mean fun of it, tv it's, the medium like even they're making fun of like they're being aware of the medium they're operating in on like a level yeah. they haven't been aware of before so it's like, like the same thing it's like the same thing with the last jedi right like the force awakening came out two years before which is like a prototypical archetypical star wars movie like beat for beat it's a reboot of a new hope essentially uh right. or episode four i'm sorry that's the uh, yeah um and then The Last Jedi comes out two years later. And I would say The Last Jedi operates in exactly the world you just said, which is this accelerated timeline where filmmakers are like, okay, we're all of a sudden aware of the medium we're working in or the genre we're working in. 
Um, right. To the Last point Jedi where, is that to me too. Yeah. Yeah. The, but the <laughs> here's the thing where it falls apart with the Last Jedi is that the characters themselves realize that they're in a Star Wars movie, which is not. Yeah. It, it's weird because it's like, jarring. It's like Luke Skywalker. The introduction. Like, yeah, I know the myth of Luke Skywalker. Like the introduction of Rose's character is like the biggest like red flag because it's like Rose is like, oh, you're Finn, the Resistance hero. Oh wait, he just joined like literally two days ago. Last week or like two yeah. days ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he like literally, literally two days ago. Other than like, and where was Rose? Okay, anyways, let's not get into the sequel no, no, that no. much right now. Exactly, but you yeah. know what I mean. It's like you have to be careful with this shit. But I think Marvel's doing I, it I in agree. a smarter way in terms of like being able to. They have a purpose. They have a purpose with this meta storytelling for sure. It's yes. not just yeah. Let's comment on the genre or sitcoms in general. Like there is something deeper involved with why they've done it like this. And even the name of the show, which at first I thought was a stupid name, WandaVision, like, come on, you're really just going to tack two character names together and call it a TV show title? Like, come on. But then when you think about it, it's like television, but WandaVision, because we're in Wanda's television world. Like, what? We're in Wanda's. Mind blown. We're in Wanda's vision. Yeah. Literally. Um, No, yeah. So yeah, I, 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 you just blew my mind with that. Actually, I thought they were yeah, just getting lazy I mean, they, with the names. <laughs> it sound it sounds cheesy at first, but it's like, oh, they're they're actually smart. They're smart. They're thinking. Yeah. Well, maybe anyways, not because yeah, there's show, there's Falcon and Winter Soldier is the name of the other show, isn't it? <laughs> good point. <laughs> Such a good fucking point. They literally they they might have started off on it like let's just tack the names together. Yeah. No. Who knows. <laughs> Yeah, I think we're maybe reading too far into it. I don't know. Or it's genius. Sometimes as audiences, yeah, as audiences, sometimes we tend to give the creatives more credit when it's like just a fluke situation of that thing happening, you know? It I don't know. It might be one of those. It might be that they actually thought about it, but yeah, that Falcon and Soldier, that's a good point. But yeah, uh, this this gets me more excited for for the future of the MCU in general. I think like after a year hiatus from the storytelling thing, you know, what like think about it what we would have gotten if the pandemic wasn't the situation that it is, we would have had black, the black widow already. We would have had then after that, the internals, the the Eternals movie, which is a new IP uh, for the, for the world, for the cinematic universe. One I'm really excited to actually see. Um, And then even this show wasn't supposed to be the first show to come out. It was supposed to be Falcon and the winter soldier. So other than the Eternals, we were going to get drawn into phase four in a more, in a more in a more familiar way i think in a more yeah traditional probably way, yeah. safer traditional and safer like with black widow it's just like we know we already know she's dead so what are the stakes really in that movie um falcon and winter soldier i guess does have uh, post endgame consequences but this especially i think this is like the riskiest and strongest move that they could have made which was like let's just throw you into the deep end of something crazy essentially yeah and i'm along for it but um Mm -hmm. i do think they need to ramp things up even more in the third episode as they slowly ramp i don't think we'll get that i i I think we're gonna have a slow burn season i think we'll have i I think we'll have the same thing as the first and second episode where we get like a glimpse of clues like the the radio voice something like that you know i'm not not asking for like conclusions to revelations what, right revelations yet i'm I'm just saying it needs to ramp up more because the first episode we only had the one instance and the second episode we had like yeah. three or four like you need to keep that momentum going i see what you're saying just intrigued. keep keep the uh the, the quantity of it i guess like just make it more 
make it more of a mystery as to what's going on show it more i agree with that yeah make it make it more intriguing as to what's going on don't let that aspect of it die down because yeah that's the most interesting part is like just what's the objective reality what's the objective truth to this to this story and situation do you think do you think vision's actually dead or is he alive is he a figment of wanda's head he's dead he's dead dead yeah dead dead i don't know because in endgame in endgame they did say they did say that they could they could save vision without the stone um but then but then again thanos fucked him up pretty bad yeah so who knows um i had is okay are the stones destroyed again that's what uh, I know. So in in post Endgame, what we understand is Steve Trevor, Steve Trevor. What am I saying? Steve fucking, yeah, fucking Captain America. What am I saying? Captain America goes back in time and returns all the store the stones to their previous timelines, which I think that could be a pretty fucking interesting story in itself. Like that would mean Captain America interacts with the Red Skull again. And like they just kind of casually brush it off, like yeah, he just hands the stone back, or you just assume that would be a normal confrontation. But like, I want to see that shit go down. I want to see what that time travel shit was like. But anyways, we were under the impression all the stones are returned in the in the main canon, in the main timeline we live in. Um, then again, that makes me think like if they return the stones, does that erase the consequences, like the deaths that occurred in those movies? I you know what no I mean? Idea. Like that's what that's why you get that's why Endgame is a little iffy because you get weird with all the time travel and timeline stuff. Yeah, that's well, why it, I, it lays a really it, 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 it it's like a it's an insecure consequential territory we're in. We don't know what the world is going to be like. That's why I'm saying this is a really interesting way to start this new phase off because we have really no idea what the world of the MCU is like right now. We're not in that world yet. I so, thought if the I, Mind I, Stone. Yeah was around the mindstone would ha- have in in some way impact this story because you know mm-hmm. vision you know was like reliant on it um it's what gave him like his personality and shit like that was it the mindstone right that he had? yeah 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 yeah. okay just double checking i i still um, feel like in this show like you know vision has a sense of agency this is similar to wanda um at least because like we follow him around while he's doing his thing um you know he doesn't it it like if if it was all wanda's figment of imagination wouldn't wouldn't vision just be like one of the other characters in the show like he's just kind of going about the actions and and not really you know falling in the predicaments that he falls into you know what i mean Hmm. it's tough because in the first dinner scene it it seemed like vision wasn't himself to where wanda had to be like yeah you're right do something so, yeah yeah um that was that that's why that's such a great scene it laid in so many of those doubts and questions uh but you're right that that's just that one shot laid enough 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 doubt to kind of question if he's a figment of her Wanda sort of midi had like will herself to break the reality that she wanted to actually save this person you know what mm-hmm. i mean like mm-hmm. it like something happened within her reality that she's constructed where this guy was choking and but there's something about her that couldn't you know um yeah and why was why was that a reality right oh you know what this makes sense to me like this makes a little more sense like yeah that broke her out of 
this world because like you know okay now we're just getting deep into it but like if like she's like she's inherently like a hero right like she's a hero character like yes maybe that was a moment where she expected herself not to act and just go with it but like that that avenger in her kind of came out and broke the simulation and that's why even the um the uh the wife of the boss which is you know throwback to that 70s show i forgot her name yeah i freaked um, out when when she showed up i'll be honest i love that yeah that was perfect um and her her acting that like that that was a really like matrixy moment of of her just kind of she broke down like she's like "Ah, do something stop it stop it like i don't know that it seemed like when whenever wanda becomes aware then the simulation breaks a bit right and like you her know, so uttering almost, no to the beekeeper was another slight break in that like that, that was something she been, yeah. didn't want there and it went away right right so yeah i think just even more questions on questions but like i guess the big question is she how much is she in control and is she um is she put here by somebody into this world or is she created this world for herself or was someone coerced her into this world yeah what do you think about the the other characters in the show the ensemble kind of cast uh do you think they're significant to the story do you think they're just there I think to fill some the, situ- could the be. situations yeah i feel like the neighbor might end the up neighbor being something the neighbor um, yeah the neighboring girl might end up being something but i'm not she's had a, she's had a strong sure. voice so far in the show so yeah i feel like you're on you're on to something there i don't think all of them will be i think it, they're sort of there to um assist in marvel's attempt to recreate the sitcom atmosphere yeah um and some might be more important later but we'll see Again. yeah i think like, there is, there's like it's so hard to even predict anything that's going to happen in the show right right no but i think you're kind of you're kind of on to something there with that neighbor character she feels like more involved in wanda's life at least like in the sitcom world especially but like uh like yeah i feel like her character has some purpose going on so uh so <laughs> yeah i got i got nothing else really to yeah i mean there's not much else because the story like in the sense of plot it's inconsequential because it's all sitcom tropes the only things really that are of interest right now are those small beats of mystery that are just laid in there with like those reality breaking moments um i guess like on a like just on a on a filmmaking level like i i, I really enjoyed it just because it, it feels like it's staying uh it's it's trying to recreate the the like the atmosphere the vibe of those 50s 60s shows and i'm excited to see that that kind of progress like more more eras kind of uh showing that um so on a filmmaking level like i find that all really really fun and really cool to look at and and just ponder my thoughts into uh yeah and, i was pleasantly surprised yeah. because um like a common theme within modern filmmaking is to like deconstruct the past um mm-hmm kind of what what happened in mank um oh god <laughs> but like it it really does seem that marvel is more paying homage to these eras of television sure. which yeah. is nicer i was afraid they were going to like try to deconstruct it and criticize yeah I'm like okay yeah chill out. it's like, not that it's definitely not uh no. like satire it's more yeah like a homage but again with like a purpose yes with a, with a, purpose. a serious purpose into the story itself not just for the sake of of nostalgia now it's not nostalgia beating you um 
Yeah. Oh yeah. No one who is old enough to nostalgia mate any of this is probably right. Like, right. Watching uh, Kitty. Things. Kitty's her name from that '70s show. The mom from that '70s show. Yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. When Kitty comes, I think that's the only really nostalgia moment when you're, you know, you're like, oh, that's. But it's not like it's not hitting you over the head. It's just like it just feels like oh, that's this works. <laughs> you know, uh, seeing Kitty in there and like talking the way she talks, I'm like, this is comfortable to 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 watch now. This makes it all the more of a sitcom for me. Yeah. Her voice is just so pleasant. Yeah, and her laugh, her laugh is just. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go back. The moment when when show. she covers when she covers Wanda's eyes, she's like, "This guest is leaving your house now." <laughs> yeah, that killed me. I don't. Last, I can't think of a like more perfect hire. Yeah, and I, I kind of like not to say I hope they overdo that, but I kind of want to see a little more of that, like just a little more uh, of that slight awareness into sitcom, whether it be casting. You know, that's always cool just to see. Um, actors from like classic sitcoms or whatever classic tv come back into it like that i think that would be kind of cool to see for sure but yeah do you got you got any uh you want to finalize your thing or you got any other thoughts uh really different show really interesting show um it's a little risky with me because they could either blow my mind or drop the ball within the next few episodes so we'll see but i have my expectations tempered because I'm not exactly like a Marvel stan. I don't really like um, love the Marvel movies. I respect them for what they did. Um, I think the only one I truly love, or there's only two that I really like, and that'd be Winter Soldier and um, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Like those, those are the only two ones that I fucking adore. Um, yeah, and almost perfect movies. Like Winter Soldier is like a fucking great political thriller, and Infinity War might be the best comic book movie of all time. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. For me, yeah. I think. Sorry. For me, this universe, I think, just blew my mind when Guardians of the Galaxy came out because I I saw the potential for what they were doing at that movie. Um, I I I got Star Wars vibes off Guardians. I got, um, just like really good feelings watching that movie, and and the fact, like, it worked great as an independent film, but then the fact it was really just expanding the universe into this cosmological this universal story now um and now what they're doing with wandavision which is like this reality altering and even doctor strange how they're pushing into into multiverses and dimensions you know i think that is all the stuff that kind of hooks me into the story that this is really like a uh, realized universe with whole aspects of exploration you know we're not tied down to just superheroes anymore we're really going deeper into like I don't know, like Winter Soldier did political thriller. The next Doctor Strange movie is coming out. I think they're going, they're going full multiverse with that. And even Spider Man, you know, we've heard some of the Spider Man rumors, um, possibly doing the Spider Verse in live action, bringing back uh, the OG Spider Man. That would be cool. Uh, yeah, like I, I guess like just the, the risk taking that Marvel is doing now, the expanding into new genres. Like I'm all, I'm all, all for it. Um, and just to see where this universe and story continues. So if you haven't checked out WandaVision yet, and you're you're into the mcu i would say watch it for sure and if you're not into the mcu i think it's just still a fun show to watch as as a comedy and a mystery kind of uh, thriller you know yeah for sure yeah i watched it i watched it with my family i watched it with my mom and dad and my sister and my sister and me are like huge into kind of like the marvel movies but my mom and dad really they don't have a grasp of the entire universe so i was curious to see like for for normal people or people who aren't as involved in the story, like, will they be able to figure this show out? Like how, how confusing will it be for them? 
And I think like it even worked, it worked well to fill in the gaps of like not to be too confusing, you know, like not to um, startle you completely. Like I think like the most, the most the head scratching moment would be like, if you see end game, which most people have at this point, like why is vision back? Um, but then that kind of clues you into like the fact that none of this is what we, what, what it seems like. It's not just a sitcom show for a sitcom show or anything like that. It's like something nefarious, like you said, or something mysterious going on. So yeah, I feel like the show can be watched by anybody. It's not like tied down to if you have to be a Marvel stan or anything like that. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so yeah, tune in weekly, I guess, for our weekly recaps on Wanda Vision. Um, as we try to figure out this mess along with everyone else. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And uh, uh, check us out on, on YouTube. We're going to be soon to upload on YouTube now and subscribe to us there. Mythic Morons. Also subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. Leave a rating. Helps us a lot. Um, show us some love. Follow us on Instagram. Join us in our conversations through there, you know. We want to we want to hear recommendations from people. Um, what shows are you watching? What do you want us to talk about or watch? If you find new shows interesting, like um, always in the mood to watch some new stuff. So let us know and stay tuned for the next episode coming out next week. Peace.